Oil is tumbling again, but look on the bright side. Gas is a buck ninety on this energy edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. Sean O'Reilly here at Fool Headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. It is Thursday, January 7th, 2016, and joining me to talk all things energy and materials is Tyler Crow and Taylor Muckerman. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. You too. Anybody We're do anything crazy? In the, in the studio. Yeah. Back anything? in the studio after a couple uh, yeah, a couple pre-recorded shows. Everyone's I forgot what like, you guys looked like, actually. I was yeah. like, oh, who are these guys? You mean you didn't watch our videos over the holidays? No, I didn't. Oh, no. Well, I was up. present, so it wasn't anything new. That's messed up. Um, so nobody did anything cool over the... You didn't ski? No, uh, man. It's no. it's really been a warm East Coast. There hasn't been a whole lot of options available Knowing to us. you, I just assumed that you would find it. Yeah, if it, well, could, if it could be done. Sharif Suki's finding it. Yeah, yeah see? plenty of it. He's got plenty of time to talk about it. We'll get into that later. Um, so diving right in here, uh, it's been a pleasant year so far in the energy sector, hasn't it, guys? Oh, it's been wonderful. It's great. Absolutely wonderful. Um, oils went into the holidays in the 30s. It's actually now at new lows. I think, at, what, 32.50 was the low today so far. It's up a little bit now. Um, kind of a dismal start, so we pretty much have to talk about it. Why is this happening? I thought we were kind of at the bottom last year. We're always at the bottom. Always. We're always at the bottom until Everybody's we're always the at the top. Well, you know. Yeah, you always love those like qualifying statistics. So it's like, well, this is the worst year uh, oil start for, you know, it's like the worst three days to start a year. It's not the worst three days ever. It's just right. the worst three days to start a year. It's like, well, you know, let's pick maybe, a day in time and yeah. find a stat. To this is the worst Tuesday or a third Tuesday in a month for I don't know how long. They, there's just so many of those that are just fascinating or stupid. Didn't the slide start it. when Saudi Arabia and Iran cut ties? Like, was that kind of when things started sliding again? Um I mean, it's tough to really say Pin when they yeah. started, when they stopped, when they kept. Um, yeah. Typically, you would imagine that would. Well, you were talking before spike. we on air, and that's what I wanted to segue to the yeah. chart you were looking at with terror and all that stuff. So, basically, what it's sliding for is people are saying is that now Saudi Arabia is like, you know what, Iran. You know, you're we don't like online, you. you're coming online, and we don't think that you're going to be able to do it because we're just going to sell it to, to Europe at a very steep discount. So they're basically undercutting Iran rather than like a military action against them. Right. Um, they're just basically saying, "Up yours, we're going to cut prices um, specifically to the people that you're most likely to sell to." So, and the market's taking this as basically the odds of OPEC coordinating are they were really low before, but now it's like not even possible. What's up? The the reason oil is falling is because when Saudi Arabia and Iran cut ties, they're like, there's no way OPEC's going to even there's, talk to each other. There's now. so many reasons yeah. why oil is going down. I mean, they, there's that. Well, okay, so everyone thinks that OPEC's losing their mind and they're you know a herd of cats that are going to go off and go do their well, own these thing. These are the, arguably the two most powerful countries yes, right. in OPEC, and and then you're starting to see they were never like, very amiable to begin with, yeah. and that, and then you go off and behead. Uh, a foreign national from Iran. And, <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, then you got like inventory data where people are losing their mind over inventory data and all these things. Everybody's losing their mind after watching China's stock market fall over the past couple of days. Going, oh, China's Blowing falling up, blah, 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 blah. into a pit of despair. We need an oil circuit breaker. Yeah, yes, we need a perfect. circuit breaker for oil price sell offs. We were talking. Crow and I were upstairs earlier. We were talking about like. This Chinese circuit breaker for their stock market is basically a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because when it falls to like halfway down to where the circuit breaker would kick in, everybody's like, oh, it's going to happen. And then it just happens and then they because sell everybody because thinks it's going to. That they won't well, be able to. luckily today they got rid of it. So yeah. Yay. 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 We'll see what happens um, with that. Until act- tomorrow when they reinstate it. Well, yeah. It's a little 
We're just going to stop all trading forever. We, we don't <laughs> like the stock market anymore. Um, Tyler, what were you saying about – I asked you yesterday about the oil inventory thing because mm-hmm. I saw the, the release of crude oil inventories and it was down 5 million barrels. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Good for them. But then gasoline was up on 10 million barrels and I apparently that's bad and I didn't even yeah, know about so it. <laughs> I think this week we had like a 5% move in oil and the biggest reason that anybody could come up with was the fact that uh, gasoline inventories in the United States had in, gone up by 10 million barrels after – the week previous data that did crude inventory barrels said that we were down 5%. So everybody got a little excited, like, yay, the turn's starting to come. And then they saw gasoline inventories up. So what but does let's, that mean? Like, let's just you... kind of keep this in a little bit in perspective here. Um, so we'll say down 5 in crude, okay. up 10 in gasoline. So we're net up 5. Until that gasoline turns into CO2, it's still <laughs> basically an oil stockpile. It, yeah, it's it's a, a some sort of petroleum stockpile. So we're net up 5 the United States burns through 15 million barrels a day of gasoline, diesel, anything that's Stuff, made yeah. out of crude products. So we had an inventory build of eight hours worth of production or eight hours worth of consumption, and the market drops by 5%. That I mean, just doesn't – that's insane. I like, mean – Arguably. It's just – it's one of those things where it's a law of large numbers where people say, oh, we had a inventory gain of 10 million barrels and when you had 10 million barrels like holy cow that's a lot of oil but then when you put it in perspective of how much we consume and produce on any given day you know it's not even a half a day's worth of our consumption right so So, supposedly we're oversupplied in inventories by what two three hundred million barrels something something like that so that's a couple months right like that's the hope yeah i don't know anyway long-term focus uh Decline rates are happening. You know, there's there's no invest. Right. There's lack of investment. Sandridge delisted. San, yeah. So uh, did they delist? Uh, they're being taught. They're like, pink sheets in, now. It's in right? the yeah. It's in the process of yeah. being delisted. So, so big names are are coming. Big names are, are falling to the surface. Right. Production budgets are going down. It's not reinvesting. Decline rates are going to happen, and when that For finally catches up, don't know really like thirty seconds. What's a decline rate? Decline anyway. rate is the natural decline of a well where. When once you put a well under the ground and starts to produce, there is a fixed amount in that reservoir, and the rate at which it leaves, the pressure, right. like, you know, the physical properties of that will deplete, and it means that the the amount, the rate that's coming out of that declines. It's like when you're emptying a pool, that last little bit of water. Imagine does not come out fast. the super steep water slide you were scared to go down yeah, at the that, water park. That I'm still that's afraid the to go decline down. Decline <laughs> of most fracked wells, where it's like. It's like seventy percent or something. Yeah, it's yeah, really seventy yeah. percent in the first year. It's a frightening decline. Yeah. Rate. So as that decline rate happens, the production will slow down. It'll and demand will they'll start to come into that equilibrium. Maybe demand will outpace for a little while and prices will rise. We don't know where that Have balance is going to find any again. Because we're down. We I think we peaked out at like nine point six million barrels a day in the U.S. of production. Mm-hmm. Or I think we're down to nine point one. Have you seen any estimates of where we'll nope. be at the end of this? Okay, nope. no big deal. I was just curious. <laughs> if we did, are we oh, going to put any anyway dollars? <laughs> um, actually, so let's shift from the supply side to the demand side. Um, what were you just saying about SUVs before we came in here, Tyler? Well. I'm not saying it. Um, it was actually a lot of reports are coming out as of late. A lot of the major auto manufacturers are starting to report their November and December sales uh, for the end of the year. And I think maybe to the surprise of few, SUV sales are absolutely booming. Because uh, gas is a buck ninety for the first gas time is in a buck ninety. 
five years or um, I think the actual long term investing. Long term investing. There was, there was a on Bloomberg this morning. There was an estimate that a hundred million dollars or hundred billion dollars has been transferred to the customer through uh, gasoline savings right. over 2015. So that much savings, people. I think are, that's, it's like six hundred dollars per household or yeah, something. It's yeah. a lot of money nowadays, and it's just basically getting put into other things. And one of the things that looks like people are going to buy now. Our SUVs. Um, let's see. Just going over the big three, kind of doing a comparison of cars versus trucks. Um, in 2015, the Fiat, General Motors, and Ford, their truck and SUV brands grew 22%, 16%, and 8.3% respectively. That is white hot for now let's, cars. Now let's compare like, this to their cars, sedans, yeah. smaller vehicles. Uh, f- same thing. Fiat Chrysler, General Motors, Ford. Uh, Fiat Chrysler's cars down 19, General Motors down 14, and Ford down 0.9. So People are buying trucks instead of cars. Exactly. Like that's, my God. And I don't know. What's the average uh, miles per gallon for a truck these days? Certainly Not as mid- good as a car. 20s. Not as good as a car. Yeah, but it, I mean, we're looking at somewhere in the high teens to low 20s. Yeah. So, I would think like, yeah, 23, 24 or something. And, just running a number on it, and I, I I hate doing this because it makes it seem like I'm kind of belittling the movement to hybrid and electric right. vehicles and things like Which, that. Which, of course, you would never do. I, I don't want to do it because I think it's it's going to happen. There's The technology is going to come up one day. It's just not quite there yet. But just to give a little bit of perspective on growth rates, um, if we were to combine the, the large pickup trucks, like the largest, most popular pickup trucks uh, – Ford F-150 Series, Chevy Silverado, and Dodge Ram. Um, for every one Tesla that is manufactured or was sold last year, there were 83 of those trucks sold. Oh, my God. So you're just putting a little bit of perspective. Where are you at, Elon Musk? Just Where are you? Step, get, get to step work. It up. Just put a little bit of perspective uh, when we talk about yeah. growth rates on some of these companies. Well, there's see, also more scale to sell. Like Elon right. Musk is like pretty much tapped out from where Doing what they can himself, sell. Yeah. Um, I mean, they have more capacity to build into their factory, but at, right now they're what, running um, at pretty peak rates. Do you know, does anybody know off the top of their head how much uh, how many cars Elon Musk sold in the fourth quarter? Or third quarter? Uh, it wasn't like twenty five thousand. No, 000 or I, something. I got the in annual. The quarter, no, annual was fifty thousand, yeah. I believe. Okay, so yeah, I, anyway. I may be a little low on that, but. Don't quote me. Yeah, I think that they're shooting for like five hundred thousand out of that factory within a couple of years. In yeah. a couple of years, yeah. and for uh, millions of trucks are being sold right now. Correct. So cool. Okay. Before we move on, I wanted to point our listeners to the newly redesigned Focus.Fool.com. There you'll discover a special offer to join the Motley Fool Stock Advisor newsletter for all industry-focused listeners. All loyal IF listeners have access to a special discount on Stock Advisor that works out to $129 for a full two-year subscription. Once again, that is Focus.Fool.com. And our last story of the day, Carl Icahn, everybody's favorite billionaire corporate raider, uh, gave himself some Christmas presents. Hey, he's an activist investor. Oh, I'm sorry, whatever. Corporate yeah, raider. I so love barbarians at the gate. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's that's the greatest. I actually reread that because it was on my reading list. Anyway, um, okay. So uh, what? He's basically kicking out founders left and right of these these energy companies. Well, I guess the people that he gets put on boards are kicking. Well, yeah. His mercenaries. Are He's doing right. it by proxy. That's right, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, these guys aren't necessarily leaving empty-handed. Um, Jim Bob Moffat, sixteen million dollar payout with a million and a half. And per he's year from Freeport MacMoran. Yes, um, co-founded with two other guys, Mac Moran Oil and Gas. I guess they merged with Freeport Minerals. And okay, then who, and then here we are. And then they split, or then they re then they remerged a couple yeah, years ago. Yeah, you know, it's 
one of those and, great and now things they're not where produced, you see the- Now they're not investing in oil and gas anymore for the foreseeable future. Um, so the company's been through more flux than pretty much any company I can think of in the energy space. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can. Uh, you might want to put Chenier Energy yeah, on there. I guess, yeah, that's true. You go from an oil and gas producer line. to a natural gas importer yeah. to a natural gas well, exporter an, an in a matter of 15 attempted importer years. and an, it's basically attempted all three and hasn't done any yet. Really. Like, I don't think he imported <laughs> any yeah. natural gas. They, they do. They, they have a couple contracts that have helped like put a little cash okay. on the books to like fund the exports. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's been a, a terminal that never really like right. met its capacity. They never. Like that. They never found anything when they drilled. Yeah. And they're still yet to export. But that being said, I'm a shareholder. So um, maybe I'm kind of glad that they're going to just kind of take the cash and, and maybe sit on that for a little while rather than what he's hoping to was hoping to do was double their amount of trains that they have by 2025. They have seven coming online now, and he wanted 14 by 2025. So a bit ambitious. Um, and, and obviously the board <laughs> felt that way as well. Yeah, I mean, at the time, with what Chenier Energy's existing plans, if we talk about their Sabine Pass and their Corpus Christi terminals, um, the amount that they would process at that is equivalent to about 10% of U.S. natural gas production. So they were looking to move a lot of stuff. And bumping up to 14 would have been a huge, huge move that, you know, could just like another 10 more years. Yeah, that's. That's a big change to yeah. the natural gas market that may not necessarily the market would be yeah. ready for. And last but not least, Pep Boys. Anybody want to buy a uh, auto parts chain or anything? <sighs> Long term, I mean, sure, it might do well, like with all these trucks that are going to come on, right? And no maybe kidding. break down break the side down. of the road. But when you have cars like Tesla, probably the wave of the future with no fluids, no engines, like right. What is Pep Boys going to fix and sell? Like, I don't get it um yeah i mean teslas aren't aren't breaking down if they're breaking down they're burning to the ground right which which has happened 12 pep, times you're not gonna go to pet boys <laughs> to fix that you're gonna go to tesla and be like give me another damn car whereas i don't know like that's obviously just, a very long he talked a thought, lot about but, like the huge opportunity to expand so i don't know if he's gonna open a couple hundred more pet boys everywhere i i don't i have no idea I, just kind of looking broadly at the the three big will call them the, the three christmas presents of Carl Icahn between Pep Boys uh, getting I want my scalps. <laughs> Chenier Energy's CEO and Freeport's CEO. You know, going into Freeport and, and Chenier, it's like, oh, we can cut costs. We can do all these things to right. get value yeah. out of these stocks. And the same thing. He's like, oh, there's immense value in Pep Boys. But, you know, looking at these commodity companies, it's hard to see, like, how much more cost cutting can go on than what's going on unless you're looking at rapid divestitures. To just basically yeah. slice the company down, and which could happen at Freeport. We could with Chenier. I think it was just pull back on the throttle. Mm-hmm. Right, Freeport. You could definitely see. Some. Yeah, and it's just sometimes it's it's hard to see necessarily what exactly the thought process is when it comes to some of these things. I don't want to say that he's wrong in any way because I don't know. I mean, he's made a lot of money, yeah. way more than I ever will. So listen, I, he's really rich. He's really rich. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. But at the same time, I just look at these moves and, you know, Pep Boys, same thing. It's like you, you look at comps. It struggles to make money right now. It, it like struggles it to make struggles. money. And even when you can do comps to other service companies, it, it's not a high margin business in any way whatsoever. And or the returns on capital aren't even that great. Right. Compared to maybe somebody like an advanced auto parts or an auto zone, you know, where you're just selling parts, you know, the, the returns on that are much, much higher. And. So, 
I I just don't see it personally. There may Pet be Boys is going to be huge. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, Trump. There's there's uh there maybe something. I mean, there was like a bidding war for it. Yeah, I mean, they rebuffed yeah. him once. Then another company came in and like made it made an offer, and then he matched it. And, and then and yeah, now, now it's his. He's going to leverage it up. That's we'll how he's see doing what money. Happens. Because he's a corporate raider. Anyway, cool. All right, well, that's it for us, folks. If you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Again, that is industryfocus at fool.com. As always, people on this program may have interests in the stocks that they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For Tyler Crow and Taylor Markman, I am Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on. <laughs> 